Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. We're your host, Al, and myself, Anthony. Today is Monday, November 6th. Magic just getting done with their West Coast road trip. Um, we're going to be taking on the Mavericks tonight, and in tonight's episode, we're going to we're going to break down how exactly uh, that stretch really was for us, and we're going to talk about um, some of the injuries that that were impacted and some other things going on in the NBA. But before we get into that, uh, just a quick word from our sponsors: Bet Online, the last of the major pro sports leagues, is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hopes, betting, action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the BetOnline today and remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ow. We talked about having a giveaway, a city edition jersey giveaway, um, really highlighting Orlando Magic HQ forums, OrlandoMagicHQ.com. And awesome, man. We had over 500 submissions, 500 submissions that were put into this pool to win um, the new city edition Orlando Magic uniforms. And we have a winner. Al, break it down. Yes, we do. So first of all, thank you to everyone that joined and checked out our forums uh, over the past two weeks. The idea was just uh, to get you guys exposed to this new community that we're building on OrlandoMagicHQ.com. We promise we'll be active there, talk about topics, talk about our articles that we're writing every single day. Um, So without further ado, the winner of the City Edition Jersey Giveaway is RC Magic, registered on our forums. Uh, so congratulations. We're going to reach out to you privately. Um, again, we'll ship it out to you. We'll ask what player you want to get, what number, whatever you want to do, customized. And again, we'll ship that out to you over the next few days. So congratulations again. And for those of you, again, that have not checked it out just yet, again, head over to OrlandoMagicHQ.com. Click on the menu, the forums, register, and engage in conversation with us. The idea is to really build this thing as a community, uh, engage with us on a personal level, and just talk magic hoops, man. So uh, congrats, congrats to RC Magic. And again, I hope to see you guys join over the next uh, few weeks. And again, talk magic hoops with us. Yeah, man. And shout out to you, Al, because you you go directly to the Magic Shop store at the Amway to make sure these jerseys are are as full as they come with the Disney patch. Because if you get online, unfortunately, you just don't get it that way, which I never understood. But, That's right. Man, really, shout out shout out to the winner, man, because these uh these forums and shout out to anyone that ha- who has participated and has been engaging in these forums. Um, if you're familiar, and we talked about it in the last episode, but if you're familiar with uh realgm.com for many, many years, they did the exact same concept. The only issues I found with them um is that you know there's there's not much of uh it's too it's too broad. They have a great big huge community. Um, but but it's extremely extremely broad. So we're trying to we're trying to make a, a close knit 
um, version of it. So if you haven't checked it out, OrlandoMagicHQ.com, select the forums and, and jump into it. Um, but now, oh man, real real quick, let's get into the road trip. Magic win 102-97 versus Portland. They lose against the Lakers 106-103. to Real, real close game, but that was a game that Gary Harris went absolutely insane. Uh, we lose against the Clippers, back-to-back losses, which was pretty tough. You know, the Magic hung on with the Clippers for a half, but then the Clippers were too much, and, you know, we kind of lost that one out. Uh, we ended up beating the Utah Jazz, rightfully so. Paulo had a game-winning layup. Uh, finally, after after kind of going ghost for a little bit, we were, we were even throwing the titles and names of sophomore slump. Uh, Paulo comes out and says, shut up, I'm the man. Let me do what I do, and he does it. And then the real big game against the Lakers where Jalen Suggs, uh, played awesome basketball. We got hit with injury bugs where we were missing um, a lot of our key guys. Um, and it was next man up mentality, and these guys showed up in a big way. But before we get into any specifics, um, you're, you're talking about in this road trip, we go, you know, three and two. Um, if you're going on a road trip, that's a successful road trip, right? For For a team that um, has struggled with road trips in the past for a team that, um, you know, last season really struggled to close some certain games out. You look at a win, Portland, you know, they're, they're, it's not the same Portland from before. It's really a new look Portland. Uh, we get our first glimpse of of being able to see the number two pick in the draft. We see uh, DeAndre Ayton. We see a, a new look Portland. We're able to get a win there. You take a look at the Utah Jazz, which it's always fun to play against the Jazz, uh, especially because, you know, the mad uh, Paulo Bancaro didn't get that unanimous uh, rookie of the year vote because of the beat writer from the Utah Jazz. I still can't believe that dude did that. In, in That's sand. right. Um, really, because he was, he was voting as Guy Kessler. Um, and then the Magic against the Lakers. I, I mean, Al, talk to me. Uh, how's, how successful was his road trip for the Magic? How big of a confidence booster um, does going on the West Coast at the beginning of the season really do for this basketball club? I mean, it's impressive. Dude. I mean, we, we talked about it last week. I mean, we made our predictions. And I said, you know, if we can play 500 basketball on this West Coast road trip so early in the season, that's a huge win. And you talk about Portland being, you know, an easier game. And it is true. There's no Dame Lillard anymore, no McCollum anymore. It's true. However, that crowd is one of the best in the NBA. So that crowd alone gives that team such a big energy. It was their opening night, too. So the energy is at an all-time high. That All the hype around Scoot. So it was a tough game to win, and that's why we won. You know, it was a five-point game, but we got it done. Um, you talk about the Jazz, similar story. Young team, hungry, bunch of shooters. The crowd is incredible. So the Magic had not won in Utah for a long, long time. And again, they got it done. It was a game that we had to have. It's not the same going one and three than it is two and two so early in the season. So a major, major lift by the Magic by, by doing just that, going there, getting the job done. What stinks the most for me personally, if you guys know me, I tweeted about it, it's that games against the Lakers, man. I, I really felt we had that game. We were leading with about two to three minutes left in that game, and we just collapsed. You know, LeBron became LeBron. He did what he does best. Um, let's not talk about the refs because it is what it is. It is the Lakers. It's unfortunate that we have to become numb to it. The fact that when we play in L.A., play against certain teams – it's okay for the refs to just make a bunch of bad calls. And unfortunately, that game, a bunch of key calls went against our, us. And you see at a game that ended by three points, you're like, man, if some of those calls went our way, it would have been a, one, a win for us. If we would have made a couple more layups, it would have been a win for us. 
But either way, it is what it is. We ended up the road trip two and two. And then we come back home. And again, the Lakers, once again, both teams shorthanded. I felt better about that, the fact that we were shorthanded, but so were the Lakers. And my goodness, man, what a show they put on for us last night. I mean, I was at the arena and again, Amway was electric for the opening night against Houston. They probably, I wouldn't say they topped it because there's so many Lakers fans in the arena, but those that showed up did such a great job keeping the Lakers fans quiet and truly, truly just driving this team and keeping them playing hard throughout the entire night. But what a game, man. You talk about Jalen Suggs, not, you know, the nutmeg on, on D'Angelo. You talk about Paolo crossing over LeBron, just highlight after highlight. Um, you talk about, you know, AB coming in, Anthony Black, which we'll talk about him more later. But Anthony Black stepping in and playing like a vet. Goga, out of all people, coming in for Wendell and just dominating. 10 points, 10 rebounds, five blocks. Um, an impressive win. A one, a one that we needed to have because our schedule continues to be really tough for the next few weeks. So any game we can win matters. Uh, so I, I can't say enough things about this team, man. Young season, it's still early in the season, but this young team has impressed me so far. So major props to coach mostly. We hate on him a lot for some things, but you can't deny that the team is playing hard and playing incredible defense. What about you? What were your thoughts on this past week and, and how the team performed? Yeah, I mean, for me, that Lakers game makes me feel as if we're undefeated. Right, That game was so impactful. You're coming back home to Orlando. You're going against a Lakers team without Markel Fultz, without Gary Harris, without Wendell Carter. So you're super undermanned, and it's really next man up mentality, right? The very first play of the game, Anthony Davis gets a ball. Goga gets a really big block. You're, you're looking at a player that is your, is your third string center. And one, one of the things I, I want to add, because you mentioned Coach Mose, I really love the fact that he didn't, he didn't touch the second unit. He started Anthony Black. He started Goga. Players who really haven't had a whole lot of minutes um, you know, since the start of the season. And it, it, really, it really worked out well, man. Anthony Black had such an amazing game. Uh, Goga had an awesome game. Ten points, five blocks. Um, a, a completely different dynamic from Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. is going to give you the offensive punch. Um, can really go off on, on you know, any game, right? He 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 can give you at least a, the twenty and seven, right? Um, not every game, but you know he has that in him. Uh, Goga, his rim protection really caught me by surprise. Getting like really really big minutes against the Lakers, where he was just a defense a defensive presence from the very get go, makes them throughout the game like not really be able to to adjust to it. You know, it's it's making them. Uh, second guess certain things is making them, you know, create errors. Rebounding was on another level. Uh, second chance uh, points was on another level. Like we really didn't just win; we dominated. And from from the beginning, it was a first quarter, second, third. You know, it was a little bit of a, a lapse in the fourth where it felt they couldn't make a run, right? Um, but the Magic held on to it. And you're talking about a team that really struggled with that in in the past where we kind of just let things slip, and that wasn't the case this time around. Um, it, it was an awesome, awesome game. Anthony Black was a plus 32. Jalen Suggs was a plus 26. That play that he nutmegs uh, D'Angelo Russell, who was a player that everyone was worried about, right? He's been tearing us up, and he's the one player that we have to slow down, completely embarrasses him, passes the ball over to, 
to Joe Ingles, where he hasn't really been hot from the three-point line, and you're really hoping he drills it, and he does. <laughs> he hits it. It is a beautiful play, and it, it should get so much more love. I'm not sure if it made it on Sports Center in Top Town. I'm not, I'm not sure if it did or didn't, um, but it definitely needed to get way more love. Paolo Bancaro crossing up LeBron James and, and getting an and one on Anthony Davis. There's so many moments in this game where you know you're jumping out of your seat, you're excited, you're amped, you're pumped. Um, the fact that there was so many, I would imagine that there was a bunch of Laker fans um, in attendance for them to all go home with with kind of every excuse in the book as to why they didn't win. It's it's a beautiful feel. It was a beautiful feel. I'm sure every single Lakers fan they were they were feeling it afterwards, and it's cool because Dante was interviewing Paulo Bancaro towards the end, and kind of you know talking about how does it feel to something along the lines of how does it feel to send all these Lakers fans home early, um, and the gist of it is him saying, "It's the Orlando Magic, man. It's a new day. We're here." So it's 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 awesome, man. The the confidence is on, on another level, and you know the the team, man. The team is really rolling now. It's it's can we do it again against Dallas? That's gonna be tough. Now the benefit is we keep getting lucky with this game, so we're playing tough teams, but they're playing the night before. So like Dallas tonight's playing against Charlotte. Actually, they are right now. They gotta fly to Orlando to then play us tomorrow at seven p.m. So hopefully that gives us a little bit of, a, of an advantage. The fact that we're home, we're resting today. Um, do they sit Kyrie maybe? Because he was been dealing with some foot issues last week. Maybe they sit him. Uh, but either way, whoever's in front of you, you got to beat. That's the whole idea of the NBA, right? So hopefully they play well. They come up with a win tomorrow. Because um, after this, we go to Mexico City to play the Hawks. So again, things don't get any easier for us over the next month to month and a half. Um, but I got to ask you, man. You, I mean, honestly, you were very tough and very bashful of our poor rookie. Sixth pick of the draft, Anthony Black. You were I going was tough. at him. The last few weeks, man, it's been rough. If you play it back. <laughs> I was tough. Ow. <laughs> got to look in the mirror, my man. Talk to me about Anthony Black, bro. Talk to me real quick about him. What were your thoughts on how he's played against the Jazz and against the Lakers? Hey, listen, I, I'm keeping receipts, man. Uh, <laughs> when we drafted Anthony Black, he was not the player that I wanted at all, right? Um, after watching him in the summer league, <clears throat> at the, minute, the minute that you get drafted, that's it. You're you're our guy. You're our player. It is what it is, um, and we we just kind of go from there. You still have questions around, you know, how does the fit work? He doesn't have a jump shot. We've seen this story happen before, um, but man, a Anthony Black is just such a fun player to watch. He makes all the right reads. He doesn't force anything. Um, you know, he he hit a couple trays in in during that Laker game also, um, and you know, Coach Moe's talked about in in his uh, pre presser. You know, what was, what was Anthony Black's reaction when, you know, he he found out that he was starting um, and he pretty much looked at coach and said, I got you, coach. And that's exactly what he did, man. He went in there. He was the he, he, he made sure that he had that defensive mindset to be able to guard the basketball. He did that well um, offensively. He he picked and chose his his options. He cut to the basket. He had a really, really nice, um, you know, backdoor with uh with Goga and and a slam in the basket. So it it was fun to watch, man. Anthony Black is 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 awesome and it makes you think what would the Magic do if he can hit that three-point shot consistently? 6 foot 7 point guard who makes everyone around him better. If he can shoot from three consistently. You know, it, it's it, it makes Markel Fultz expendable. It makes 
you know, Cole Anthony expendable. It makes, it makes, it gives you a whole different dynamic and, and not saying that that's what's going to happen. It just means that if it does happen, the magic are okay. You know, you, you look at Anthony Black's size and, and just some of the deflections that he has is, it's, it's fun, man. I, I'm really happy for him. Plus 32 on the court is absolutely insane. Um, and this is, this is what the deaf of this team looks like you you know that you're not going to have a perfect season where everyone's going to stay healthy the whole time and we're going to be okay like we know that that's not going to happen history has shown that we just don't operate that way so the fact that you have injuries with all these guys and you are able to go deep enough where you don't touch your second unit you bring players from your third string to get minutes and they ball out the way that they do it's got to give these guys so much confidence and everyone was so happy for Anthony Black. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm a believer. Did he turn you into a believer for all, for all the anti Anthony Blackers out there? Did, did, are you, are you a believer now? So it's funny because everyone keeps asking me that, right? So every, every time he makes a shot, it's like, Al, are you convinced now? He made a three. Al, are you convinced now? The second three, Al, he, this has got to be it. And I'm like, I'll be honest, man, like, the, it's funny, it's not the shooting, I'll be honest with you, to me, the biggest thing has been, he's looked like a vet, man, like, against the Jazz, he got called in, because, hey, Gary Harris went down, Mark Hill was already out, and he comes in under control, not rushing anything, so think about it this way, everything that Jalen Suggs is still trying to adapt to, which is slowing down the game, making the right reads, being a good point guard, this kid figure out, it seems like, in preseason, like, he's coming in now, he struggled in preseason, let's be honest, he struggled in summer league to some degree after game one, let's be honest. But dude, like against the Jazz and against the Lakers, he's looked like a veteran point guard. He's just doing his job. He's not doing too much. If he's open, he's shooting it. He's learning from, I don't know who, well, he was a great cutter in college, but I think he's learning also from Franz cutting to the hoop. Like he's doing an amazing job at, at getting to the basket off cuts and our players are finding him, but credit to them too. Um, but to answer your question, I, I will say he's impressed me for sure. And we kept talking about it. Is he going to be the next Franz, the kid that just looked off in preseason, looked off in summer league to some degree, but yet the lights come on and he looks great. Well, so far he's doing just that. It's like he couldn't make a shot in preseason. And all of a sudden the lights come on 10 out of 10 to start his career in the NBA. Like who could have ever predicted that? You could have given any, someone a, a hundred to one odds that he was going to make his first five shots in the NBA. And no one would have taken that, that bet. But yet here he is, he is doing it. So um, to answer your question, man, I, we said all along, I'm a, I, he's a magic player. I'm going to root for him. And I kept saying it. Prove me wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. I came from a place where I didn't see the fit with us having Markel, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris. Like, how is he going to play? And the second thing was the shooting looked, let's be honest, man, it was rough to watch. In summer league, it was rough to watch in preseason. But all of a sudden, he's figuring it out. So if he can do what he's doing, limiting mistakes, playing incredible defense, which he is doing. And next to Jalen Suggs, it is nasty to look at. Like, it's incredible how good they are. And just make here and there some shots. That's what we need. Make the defense cardio out there. It's going to open up the floor for Paolo, for Franz. But guess what, man? You got to make a decision as a coach now. Like, he's doing so well. And here's Joe Engels, which we love. He, he struggled to shoot right now a little bit, but we know what he does. Does this mean that you have to play Joe Engels less and give AB some minutes off the bench now? Does this mean that if Markel takes another week off, when he does come back, do you lower the minutes of Markel so that AB can get some minutes? Again, I don't want to be coached mostly, man. He has a lot of tough decisions to make. Uh, our roster is so deep that, again, even Goga, like if Wendell comes back in a couple of weeks, 
and he's doing so well. Like, how do you just bench him? Like, it's – I wouldn't want to be coached mostly right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I think Anthony Black is, is proving why he should be on the floor. Um, and you got to figure it out. you got to be able to find minutes for him. Uh, Joe Ingles had a better game um, against the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, it's – so – Joe Ingles, he he has a way bigger contract, but I, I don't I don't know when I when I think of Joe Ingles, I I think of him more of a having a ro, uh, a Robin Lopez type of role uh, for the Magic. Yeah, he's getting the minutes now, but what does that really look like towards the back end of the season? I don't I don't I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that Anthony Black is going to find a way to play. He's going to find a way to where you have to play him. You just have to. There, there's no way that he, he can't see the court. So let's say that Markel Foles does come back, right? He's available to play against the Dallas Mavericks. What? How? Now? Now you got to figure out how it is that you're going to play Anthony Black because after that showing, how do you not reward that, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know, man. You're you're right. Coach Moses has a has a tough job. Um, there, there's no way they can play all players. Like let's let's be let's be honest, man. You got to be able to tighten up the rotations. I know that it's in the beginning of the season. You're still trying to figure things out. You're still trying to figure out the lineups, but eventually you're gonna have to be able to bring that down. Like, you know, you, you shouldn't be playing, you know, thirteen players. Like that that's that's just too many. That's just, in my opinion, it's way way too many. You got to bring that down. Maybe ten, maybe eleven, max, max, and then that's you the most. Figure out from there. So I don't know, man. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how that dynamic looks like. Um, I hope Anthony Black can find a way to be to continue that level of play and, and be consistent. Um, because it's 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 a lot of help, man, from from the bench. Um, you know, if that's if that's kind of where he's coming from, and and Markel is is back early, and if it's not, continue to do that, man. Don't touch the second unit. Still really like what I saw from Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac really really struggled. Um, but you know, Mo Wagner stepped up from the bench, did some really, really good things. Um, I really love watching the dynamic of Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner together on the court. You know, they had mm-hmm. a little nice moment where uh, Franz threw him in the alley, which was cool. Um, and then Paulo Bancaro, man, talk to me about Paulo. You're you're looking at a player that struggled early on, um, but had a really good game against Utah, a really good game against the Lakers. Um, you know, it's is. Can we put that slump behind us? Do you do you believe that now he's able to kind of, you know, shoulder that off and and back to rookie of the year candidate, Paolo Bancaro? I mean, let's or be real, rookie man, of the I, year winner, Paolo Bancaro. Yes, sir. Well, let, let's be real though. I don't know who the Paolo was preseason in the first couple of games of the season uh, up until the Jazz game. I don't know who that was. He looked nothing like the Paolo that we saw last year. Um, but guess what, man? He woke up in a big way against the Jazz. Truly won us a game, right? He got that game-winning layup to win us a game, 30 points. And then he follows it up with almost a triple-double against the Lakers, crossing up LeBron. Uh, incredible game all around, right? He, he looks confident. Once again, that's what we know about, about Paolo. That's who he is. But the efficiency lately, man, like he's been shooting the ball so well, scoring so well, unlimited touches. He's only shooting like max 15 shots a game, which... Should be more. Let's be honest. He, he needs to be a little more selfish. Um, but it's great to see, man, because this is who we signed up for. He reminds me a lot of, again, that Jason Tatum, Carmelo Anthony. That's what we need him to be. He needs to carry the team offensively every single night. And struggles will happen here and there, of course. 
but it shouldn't be, you know, three, five, seven games in a row. Like that's not what we're used to. So it's so great to see him back. I was never concerned. I knew he was going to figure it out. Um, I think playing for Team USA, he had a busy summer with marketing stuff. I think that kind of got to him a little bit early in the season. I don't know what he did between that Clippers game and the Jazz game, but something clicked and he's back. Um, that's for sure. But let me ask you this too. Well, give me your thoughts on Paolo, but also I want to ask you about Franz because he took 28 shots against the Lakers. And he said to himself, I was too aggressive. So talk to me about the dynamic. I love that Franz for myself. I think he needs to be more selfish. I think he should take about 18 to 20 a game every single night. I need Paolo to be more aggressive though. So how do you see that working out? Give me your thoughts on Paolo so far, but also give me the dynamic going forward for him and Franz. Let me touch base on Franz first. Um, who's going to tell Franz that he's being too aggressive? There's nobody on that roster. Maybe Mo Wagner because that's his brother and <laughs> you know brothers kind of have that dynamic. But nobody else is going to tell that man, dude, you need, to, you need to pass the ball a little bit more. You're being way too aggressive. That's that's what you want from Franz. You want him to have that 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 energy, that fire inside of him that that wants him to to take as many shots as he's taken. Um, and in my opinion, it's easier to have to tell Franz to you know you need to, you need to bring that down a notch than it is to man. I need you to step up a bit. Yep. So I'm I'm good with it. Um, if he personally feels like, Hey, I'm, 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 I gotta get more people involved. I'm, I'm too aggressive. I'm taking too many shots. Um, I think that's more of a, a guilt from, from him that he feels, but dude, you're, you know, we, we've said it, we've said it before. It's, it's Batman and Batman. It's A1 and A1. There's no, I don't, I don't consider Franz Wagner to be, you know, the, the sidekick. I don't consider Paulo Bancaro to be the sidekick. I, I believe that you have two people out there that can really get the job done. And if it's Paulo, if the ball is in Paulo's hand, you feel confident that he's going to go get a bucket. I feel the exact same way about Franz. Um, I, I, I love the fact that Franz took 28 shots. Like, I, I really, I really do. And, and he, he balled out. You're, you're looking at uh, Franz who, uh, what's his, uh, all right, okay, maybe he could have been a little more efficient from the three-point line. Paulo Bencaro was 50%, shot two um, out of four, and Franz one out of three. But you still want him to go out there and, and, and get his shot. He still shot 42.9% from the field. So he was efficient. We won the game. We were dominant. Paulo Bencaro was able to do the exact same thing, impact the game, be dominant. Two games back-to-back -back where, you know, he shows that he's that guy. I think that for any team to look at the Orlando Magic and see that you have the game plan against Franz and Paolo Bancaro, two six foot ten dynamic forwards that can do everything, it's just very, very difficult to plan for. And this is what I love the most. What I love the most is that the Lakers and we we don't we don't normally you know we don't curse on the podcast, but I, I gotta I gotta get my emotions out. It's the Lakers. <laughs> The Lakers came into Orlando thinking shit was sweet, and they came in and found out very, very quickly that that's just not that's just not the case, man. You can't you can't come into Orlando anymore thinking that it's just, it's going to be a chill ride. It's just not not the way that it is now. It's it's different. It's different. It's special. And you know the Lakers were the first ones to to get that message. Dude, it's, it's, and I loved it. I love the fact that, again, it's just the Lakers, it's LeBron, and they responded that way. Um, but I got to say, man, like I said, like you said it, 
it, he took 28 shots, France that is. But if you watch the game, there was not really more than one maybe where I was like, oh, France, that was too early. But like every shot he took was good shots. Like he was around the rim. It was little floaters that he, we know he can finish. And I get it. The size of AD kind of this kind of got him got in the way and he missed some easy looks. But man, he could have easily had 40 last night. If a few more go in, if, if a few more calls go in, uh, a few more calls go in his favor, he would have had easily 40 points last night. So I, I'm, I agree with you. Keep being aggressive. Uh, if anything, like I said, dial it down a little bit because you choose to. But in my mind, man, he needs to be that person. So needs Paolo. We don't have offense like that. We need those two guys to carry us. So if I'm Moe, I'm like, man, keep doing your thing. And Paolo, by the way, you got to get to 20, 20 shots, man. I don't know how you do it, but get to 20 shots because we need the two of you guys carrying us offensively. So I love what I'm seeing from France so far early on. He's been ag- aggressive since, pre- since the preseason. And then Paolo, to, again, he's waking up now, but he's got to be aggressive the rest of the way. Mo Wagner with 13 points. Cole Anthony, 14 off the bench. Um, Mo Wagner played really good minutes off the bench for us, man. If it If it's not for... Uh, you know the the second unit coming in there. Although they were in the in the negatives with the plus minus, we're not we're not going to harp too much on that. Um, they they come in, they play defense. Uh, Mo Wagner is just man. He he's that player that just gets under your skin. Everyone hates him. We know this, but to be able to see it on a day to day basis, I I find it. There's moments where I watch him play, and I just don't understand how he does it. Like, I really don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wish I did. There's something about him that makes him, I don't know if it makes it, if he, his style of play is quirky or I don't, I can't put my finger on it, man, but it, it works for him. He's out there. He has fun. Um, And every time that he does something crazy, it's, it's, it's energizing, man. And, and the rest of the team feels the same way. But tell me about the second unit. Talk to me about that real quick. Um, <clears throat> How pivotal. Um, is Cole Anthony Mo Wagner to that second unit? I mean, to be honest, man, that that's our offense, right? Those guys come in and and they automatically expect over ten points every night from those guys, especially Cole. I think Cole now we can pretty much expect fifteen points off the bench every single night. Mo Wagner, man, it's just the energy. To your point, the way that this dude just comes in and just plays hard. Again, he's not gonna wow you with the athleticism. He's not gonna wow you with some crazy shot blo- uh, block shots. That's not his game. But his game is he's going to get you two offensive fouls every game, two charges. He's going to get in the face of someone and get them upset on the opposition. He's going to make you a three-pointer. He's going to get you a couple of nice dunks or layups inside, some great picks. Again, man, since he got to Orlando, you can say whatever you want. At the time we had Mo Bamba here and stuff, we kept saying, why is he playing you know, over Mo Bamba or with Mo Bamba? If you want to sit this guy and not play him, there's going to be a reason behind it. He's not giving you one. This guy brings it every single night. He does the right things, a team player, and not for nothing. The chemistry he has with the bench unit and with Franz is unlike anything else out there, man. So you have to play him. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know about the rest of the audience that's listening to us or watching us right now. But it's, this is a guy that I love watching play. And when, when Dell went down, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm okay. Mo will find a way to make himself useful. And that you saw it yesterday. He's just scoring to make up for Wendell being out. Because I don't think Goga, you can expect a double-double every night. I don't think that. But Mo Wagner, he'll find a way to be productive and make up for that Wendell production. Um, so I'm loving it, man. When the bench comes in, my mindset is we're up by two. The bench will have to increase the lead by a few points. And they've been doing a great job at that so far. That's what we expected with the depth that we have. So that's got to continue. 
Jonathan Isaac didn't play in the second game of the back-to-back versus the Clippers. Markel Fultz also didn't play um, in Utah due to the left knee swelling, also missed the Lakers game. Gary Harris left the Utah game early due to a sore right groin. And then Wendell is expected to be sidelined for at least the next three weeks after he undergoes surgery to repair a fractured third metal carpal in his left hand. When you talk about injuries, um, you know, how much is this really going to hurt the team um, that we have now? We we talk, we already spoke about the death. We understand that. Um, but this team, let's be honest, this is a different team. We're not going to allow one game to change the fact that not having Markel Fultz, not having Wendell Carter, is a really, really big hit to this team. I mean, I think as long as you have Paolo and France on the court, you got a chance. That's my mindset. We got the depth to to make up for any loss truly on this team right now. Um, you talked about Markel going going out. Well, AB stepped in and he did a great job. Um, you talk about Gary Harris, you know, missing some time. Well, Joe Ingles picked up his shooting a little bit the last few games, which comes in clutch. And then you talk about Wendell being out. Well, Goga stepped in. Um, Mo Wagner, as we talked about a few minutes ago, stepped in and do, did a great job. So I'm confident that our depth will help us. And mind you, man, we're not even playing, you know, Jet Howard yet. We haven't played Caleb Houston, which are guys that can shoot it. And, and I'm kind of looking forward to see how we implement them into the into the game at, at some point because we need shooting. Um, we haven't seen Chuma that much. Like, again, our depth is incredible. So it sucks. I, I do think Markel is going to come back soon. It seems like he's questionable for tomorrow against the Mavericks or tonight against the Mavericks. So he might play just tonight. Um, Gary Harris, for some reason, didn't seem like he was that bad of an injury, but he's continues to be out. And I guess I have my, my issues with Gary, man, because I love Gary Harris. His shooting is something that we need in the team badly. But will we ever see him play more than five games without having to miss a game? Like, it's so unfortunate. Like, his shooting is so good, and the impact he has is so good on our team. But it sucks you can never see it for more than five to ten games. It's always something. Um, and that was his issue with Denver, too. So it's funny how throughout his career he's had to deal with this. Um, and then Wendell, same thing, man. We talked about it before the season. He's going to go down. He's going to play 60 games max. And we're seeing it already, unfortunately. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you concerned with the injuries? Are you feeling okay? Uh, is it going to impact us to a point where we may fall back in the standings? Uh, what are your thoughts? Dude, I'm, I'm numb to injuries. Like, nah, I'm not even, not even surprised anymore. I mean, Wendell getting injured in literally the last play of the game is probably one of the most Orlando Magic events ever, right? It's, it's just something that, happens and we just got to roll with it you know what i mean so you you look at wendell markel gary harris these are all players that have struggled with injuries in the past it's just what it is we expect it but great point franz paulo you you got those two you feel like you you have a chance to win absolutely and this next man up i'm not stressing about the injuries three weeks minimum three weeks it, it is a long time uh for wendell um, and that that's the part that I believe will will be tough. We'll, we'll feel that impacts, you know, sooner rather than later. But um, after game one, you feel you feel good. You feel confident about uh, the center by committee uh, by committee. You really do. You really feel like if Goga can play half of what he did against the Lakers, it's still solid in my opinion. You know, the ten points, five rebounds was awesome. Mo Wagner, he's going to bring the energy from the bench. Like, it, it makes you even almost think, like, man, if you had, like, a legitimate rim protector running with Paulo and Franz, like, good Lord, like, what what can, defensively, the, the amount of help that that would bring to where if they get beat, they know that my man in the back got me. 
it's it's it allows for them to breathe a little bit more and you know it's that's that's a part that i'm excited about it, it's it allows for there to be an opportunity to be able to see this team um in a different light because that's how let's be honest man that's how decisions can be made as well like that's it's not necessarily about goga itself it's about that type of player does that type of player fit better with paulo you know a, a lot of a lot of the wendell as much as i love wendell uh a lot of his his upside is the fact that the skill and the contract doesn't match right that's that's one of the the great things about wendell wendell's an awesome player Let's not let's not kid ourselves. We know that he's undersized. We know that you know rim protection is in is in his forte. Like these are these are all things. If if Wendell was seven foot two and can rim protect like Goga in in that small span that we saw, you're you're looking at a all defensive type of player. Like you're you're looking at a, a, a multi like like his contract would be ridiculous, right? But that's not that's not what we have. So. I don't know. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with the injuries. You obviously don't want it to happen. I'd rather it happen now than later. It's a long season. Um, and you just kind of roll with the punches. It's just what it is. Yeah, I agree with you. But to your point too, like this is how you make decisions because again, if Anthony Black can come in and, and you know, steal the spotlight from a guy like Markel, which again we love in Orlando, but at the end of the day, he's got a contract coming up. The Magic can can make a decision now and say, Hey man, like A B did his thing, he's had a rookie contract. We don't need a $80 million point guard anymore. Like AB can do, the, can do just that. So to your point, this is, this is a tough part. This is why injuries can be so tough in a player's career because a team might simply decide we, we don't need to spend $100 million when we can pay a million for a guy like AB um, and then maybe get a shooter instead. Um, so it kind of sucks for Markel. I hope he's fine. I hope, I hope he comes back this week and, and just keeps falling out because we need him. Without him, we're not the same team. We know that. Um, and to your point about Wendell, like, he's got to show, man. Like, I mean, he's on the contract for a while, but he's got to show he can stay healthy. Because one thing I will say about him, he's not a shot blocker. He's not a great rebounder, but he's a great team defensive player. He makes us a great defensive unit when he's on the court. Again, he's not going to block shots that much. He's not going to rebound that great, but he makes us a really tough team to score on. Um, if Koga can do just that in his minutes, that's amazing. But let's be realistic. Going back to last year and the year before, when Wendell went out, our defense went downhill from there. So hopefully that won't be the case this year. Um, but I'm excited to see, again, what Goga can do, what AB can do, whoever steps in. I'm excited because, again, we have the depth just for that, to, to be prepared in case injuries happen. So like you, I don't really am thinking too much about it. I just, I just think go out there, whoever's healthy, go and play. Like I said before, if Paolo and Franz are healthy, I'm pretty good about our chances. Yeah, window getting surgery, minimum three weeks. So uh Magic front office, you do their calculations. That's really more like a month and a half. Him being now being precautious. Yeah. Again, better is happening now early in the season than later on. Um, yeah. We got our first looks at uh, this NBA in season tournament. Um, it was projected that the NBA will make about a billion dollars um, with this NBA in season tournament. Um, I guess my my question, man, is is first. The, your thoughts on the idea of of in season now that it's finally kind of kind of played out a little bit we're gonna be getting our first uh play-in game coming up very very soon um and then the courts man the courts are if you haven't seen it yet it's impossible that you have it but <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet it's it's a color rush scheme where it is it is different 
It is bright. It is in your face. It is not NBA like at all. I think if David Stern, you know, was alive in CNA, he would he'd have a heart attack. Um, like talk to me. The in season tournament. Do you like it? And do you like what they've done with these courts? So I'm excited for it. I think the NBA needed something to keep, you know, teams engaged during the season. I don't think it should be only, you know, a few weeks. I think it should have been maybe from November all the way to maybe like February. And then maybe during the All-Star break, the two teams that win or something play the finals. So that way they, they stay competitive throughout the season, not just for a month. Because what's the point? Like you play hard for November, but then you go back to being, you know, load managing in December and January. Like that makes no sense to me. But I'm also not a fan of the end up the, the reward for winning some random trophy, but then you then make more money as a player and as a coach. Like, okay, that's great for you. But as a fan, what is there to entice you to again like the trophy? Cool. I really like what um, Halliburton said from from the Pacers. He said basically, I really believe that whoever wins the tournament should have an automatic bid to the playoffs. And I agree with that because I'm like, if they're sucking and they don't make the playoffs, hey, give them a playing chance. If they're the third seed. Whatever the fourth seed, whatever it may be, this has got to be a way where they get a higher seed, whatever it may be. But there's got to be a way to make it more competitive. Like there's got to be more to this than just money. Because again, as a fan in me, and like, maybe I'm wrong, these dudes make loads of money as it is already. I don't think money's necessarily the motivation for a guy like LeBron or a guy like you know Steph that's, that's you know making forty million dollars this year plus endorsements. Giannis, same thing. I think you got to entice him in different ways. Um, that's my only concern. And then the courts, bro. Let's be honest. They look like some random kid that's 12 years old, went into NBA 2K and created his own team and made this courts from scratch. I don't know how the NBA paid millions of dollars to someone to come up with this idea. They're horrible. And they're horrible to look at. Like, I tried to watch, I think, the Bulls game last week. And, dude, like, I, I couldn't focus. Like, these courts are red, bright red. I'm like, what am I watching here? Um, the Magic one, thankfully, it's gray with the, with the blue. It kind of looks nicer, Great. a little easier on the eye. Mm-hmm. But, dude, give me your thoughts on that. Do you like it? Did they mess it up? What are your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't understand the, I, let me not say that. I, I understand. I understand why they did it. I feel like the end season tournament in a lot of people's eyes when it was first announced was a little underwhelming. Like, people really didn't understand it. I think those, it might have been Bones Highland who uh, they they asked him about it. He even said, I still don't understand the, the, the concept behind the in-season tournament. Um, and, I, and I feel like marketing-wise, they, you know, kind of throwing the bold colors out there marketing-wise was, you know, got people talking about it and it's different. It's kind of hard to miss it. It highlights the game more. I'll, I'll say that it highlights the game more in the sense where there's no denying that you know that this game is an in-season game, right? True. Because of the drastic uh, color on the court. Because if you think about it, and you don't have that, it's still part of the game that's in the in-season. It's not like it's the All-Star break, and we know that. All right, from this time to this time is the in-season tournament, and then that's it. These are games that are already, you know, preloaded in your season. So it, it, it does give it a different feel, right? Because it's a different environment. So from that perspective, I get it why they did it that way. I do think it's horrible. I, I don't like it. It's, it's ugly. They could have went a different route. Um, but I understand why it is that they did it. In terms of incentives, 
yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, you you incentivize the players to to want to play and and do well because they get money. Cool, what do you do? But we're the consumer, man. It's not about them; it's about us, right? Yep. Um, here's my thing about uh getting a giving away a like guaranteed playoff bid. Um, is what's to stop them from load management? What's what's to stop them from playing as hard towards the end? Like, what's to stop them from doing that? If and I, I would have to take a look at it. I'm not. I'm. I haven't followed the in season dynamic of it either. I don't even know when the last game or the championship. When 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 is it that they finalized? December it? like third. So it ends in a month. That makes no sense to me. Oh, okay. So think about it. Yeah, think about. Uh, let's just throw like let's say that the Lakers win it, right? You you ha- they have LeBron they have Anthony Davis let's say that the incentive is they get the playoff bid like like you mentioned um, and then in December now LeBron James is out for three months and Anthony Davis is out for you know eleven months like it, it just it, it makes it it makes it kind of an unfair advantage for these teams to you know not play their players I think for me personally it, it should guarantee no matter what seed. This is what I would do. I would guarantee no matter what seed you are in, you have to make the playoffs, give the players the money, whatever. But whoever, whatever team wins guarantees that no matter what seed you have home court advantage, no matter what. I think that that would be cool. That could work. Yep. So something else that I read that somebody mentioned was the NBA comping uh, one game for the community. So the NBA paying for tickets and it's first come first serve. Everyone lines up and you just kind of fill the 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 arena out. So I, that that was another cool concept that I really liked. But other than that, man, I don't I don't know. The good thing about the NBA is that they they've shown to make quick adjustments, right? So mm-hmm. this year it was only you know the the players getting paid, and they just announced that they're also going to incentivize the coaches as well. So who knows what they end up doing next year? Maybe they scratch yeah. it. Who knows? Yeah. I think my idea was more like, you know, you automatically enter the playoffs, like you make the playoffs, but if you miss it all together, let's say you chose to load manage LeBron for all the games left in the season, because, hey, you're in the playoffs already. Well, your highest seed would be the play-in. Um, so you ended at the eighth seed, you stay there. The idea would be like, you just enter the playoffs, but you're not guaranteed like the third seed or the fourth seed. You still want to play for seeding. So that's, that would prevent, I think, the load management but to your point, that there's time to figure this thing out. I just hope going forward, it's not just money. Because again, that's, that's your point. As consumers, again, I know this dude makes millions of dollars already. They make more than everyone that goes to the arena combined sometimes. Like, I don't understand. So money cannot be the only thing that motivates us as, as fans to be rooting for this tournament. It should be more like our team will get something out of this. Other than some random trophy that doesn't mean anything to us right now. Um, my other thing too is it should be maybe one game a month. So you play one in November, one in December, one in January. One in February, maybe March, you have the finals. Like that, that way, again, idea. throughout the year, they're playing competitive, not just in November. That makes no sense to me. But we're not making millions for, for the NBA, so maybe we're not smart <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, so um, we just got the final uh, count for the Mavericks-Hornets. Mavericks beat the Hornets 124-118. to 118. 118, that makes the Dallas 5-1 and one, um, going against the Magic. So um man really big game against luca against um uh derek lively who's been playing extremely extremely good basketball he's been a lot better than a lot of people projected Kyrie irving as well 
Uh, Dallas are doing work, man. Going in, going in five one early on. Um, it's going to be fun to see how the Magic um, operate against the Mavericks, knowing that Coach Moe kind of has a little, a little look inside look in regards to some of the players on that roster. Um, but kind of looking ahead, you got the Mavericks, you got the Hawks, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Chicago. When you take a look at these next five games. What are your projections for the Magic? Highlighting the fact that the Magic will be playing against Atlanta in Mexico City. Yeah, it's again, it doesn't get any easier, man. I think we we have a rough schedule. We said it till the end of the year, really. It's tough game after tough game after tough game. So we, we got to find a way to battle through that and, and, and win some games. Um, for those five games specifically, I think if we go three and two, that would be ideal. My rule of thumb is this. You got to survive this crazy schedule. We know it gets much easier after december you got to stay above 500 if you really try to make the playoffs and not just to play in you got to stay above 500 you got to stay in that seventh eighth five four whatever it may be in the play in in the playoff race not drop below that if you can do that and the schedule becomes easier later in the year now wendell is healthier now gary harris is back i like our chances man staying up there so that's my rule of thumb play 500 or better again schedule stays really really tough this this week coming up if you can beat the Hawks, if it can be maybe the Bulls ones and the Brooklyn Nets, then you're there. You're three and two. So understand there's some tough games coming up. Uh, one thing I will say, though, man, before I pass it back to you, Magic fans, man, just learn to chill, man, because last week we lost back-to-back games against the, uh, <laughs> the Clippers and Lakers, and we were going off on Twitter. The, the comments and Coach Mosley sucks and Paolo, this and that. Dude, we're going to lose games. We're not going to win them all. So we have to learn to chill and understand the schedule is tough. We're still kind of building this chemistry thing. We got young guys. It's rough right now. Like I said, this period between now and December, it's not easy. So if things get a little bit challenging, let's not turn on each other. Let's not turn on the team. The other, the other way around. Let's support each other. Let's find a way. Let's find the positives. Um, because yeah, man, like after those two losses, people were talking about firing the coach and the same thing every year. Come on, man. It's too early in the season to do that. If we fall 10 games on the 500, 15 games on the 500, talk to me then. But for now, we have a lot to play for. Let's enjoy it. You know, you know what it is though is that I I think that we have been programmed <laughs> to the the direction was never clear, or at least not that it wasn't clear is that there was a glimpse of hope, right? So, an example, last season it was a glimpse of hope that we would make the plan, right? Mm-hmm. But we're literally one stretch away from just blowing it up and tanking. Like that's been. That's been the hard balance. It's is do we make plan? Do we tank? Plan tank. Like we know that this season is a season that it's it's winning time. It's put up or shut up. Um, so I think that that's that's the big difference. And people are passionate, man. It's oh, that's yeah. a beautiful thing about <clears throat> about uh, Magic basketball is that you just you just have those people that you know the Magic don't win. They're lighting everything on fire. And and I <laughs> I get it. Do it safely, but I I get it. Uh, I have that same same level of passion. So um, I, I think for me, these next five games, the games that are most important, in my opinion, obviously they're all important because every game counts. But I'm looking at that Dallas game um, and looking at that Milwaukee game. Um, that Dallas game going against Luka, one of the best in the league, I think it's going to be interesting to see how we size up against them. Um, and then Milwaukee, uh, not just because we'll be at that game, um, but being able to take a look at Giannis and, and Dame for the very first time. And, and these are, this is the team that's expected to go really, really far in the Eastern Conference. 
Um, so you you get that Dallas game out of the way, then you got the Hawks, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Chicago, all Eastern Conference teams. This is now your opportunity to send the message to the East that the Magic are the are, are the real deal that we're that we're here, right? And this is how you do it. You do that by the Eastern side. Um, so teams that you should be, you should be Chicago on paper, you should be Brooklyn on paper, um, Atlanta. You should beat them. They're a cluster, so that should be another team that you beat. So, at a minimum, you're expecting for us to be three and two. If you can steal one away from either Dallas or Milwaukee, and you end this next five stretch four and one, massive win, massive win. And this is what makes that that Laker game so amazing: is that you went against LeBron, you went against AD, really, really big names in this league. Now you don't care about the names. Uh, uh, Paulo Bancaro said this the other day where he was talking about that they feel like, you know, there's not a team that they can't match up with. There's no team out there in the NBA that they can't match up with. If anything, they need to try and match up with us. We're the big team that that's able to do everything. And I think that that's how you do it. You, now you take advantage of these Eastern conference teams, you send out a message and you make sure that you go out there and, and, you know, knock people out, man. That's, that's what you gotta do. You gotta go out there, battle, get some wins. Um, and every game counts. Yeah, man. We'll drop another episode before then, but don't forget, too, that Brooklyn game and that Bulls game, that Friday one, it's going to be uh, in-season tournament games. So there's some meaning behind those games as well. So you want to go to Brooklyn, hopefully win that game, go to Chicago, win that game, too, because then you come home and you play the Raptors, you play the Celtics, and that's the tournament. That, that will determine whether we advance or not. So some key games next week. And again, we'll record another episode before then, so we'll talk about it more in depth then. But right now, take care of Dallas, hopefully. Take care of uh, – my thing is split at least between the Dallas Mavericks and the, and the Hawks. Like get one of those and keep building from there. Yeah, the Orlando Magic currently sit fourth in the Eastern Conference, four and two, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Let's continue rolling. On that note, that is a wrap. Appreciate you guys for listening. A reminder that this episode is presented by Bet Online. It's a wrap. Catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.